Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, you know, if you've ever wanted to find a group of people that you hang out with, and you see in your mind that this is a group of people that have really figured it out in life. Uh, it's an interesting thing. I wish that more people could meet uh, the people that we have as guests for today because they have figured life out at multiple different levels, which we're going to cover today. But we'll start with the fact that when I first met them, when they first joined Lifestyles, they were very successful already financially in the fact that Frank, who had uh, his own business, and Madeline, who was very successful in the uh, corporate sales world, were both financially well off. Yet, for some reason, they decided that they wanted to make a move. And that's what we're here to find out, first of all. So with us today uh, to really share a lot of expertise in life is Frank Moscarello and Madeline Prejean. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello, Dale. Hey, hey good morning, Dale. You know, you both have hard names, and you have two of them together, so that becomes very difficult to get them both out in a row. Um, no matter how long I've known you, that name still gets me. But that's okay. That's neither important nor uh, relevant. Let's move on. Uh, guys, uh, you were both successful financially. You've got a great family. Uh, just about everything you touch turns to gold. Why did you decide to, to look into Lifestyles Unlimited? Hey, now what happened was, I was investing and running my business for years, you know, uh, 35, 40 years. And I finally getting close to 65 and talked talk to a financial advisor. And he put this half-inch book together about I'm going to be able to retire at 72 years old on about half the money Madeline and I were already uh, earning. And I, I almost coughed up a hairball. I said, this is, this, is not, this is not the way it's going to be. And I've been listening to you on the radio for a good part of a year and came home, asked Madeline, hey, I think we need to do this. If we're going to get ahead and head and be comfortable, we need to take a look at lifestyles and see what's going on. The best decision we ever made. Who was the one that initiated the uh, the search? I did, I think. I, like I said, I came home after uh, after that meeting and, and listened to you on the radio. I told Madden, hey, I want to go down lifestyles. I'm gonna, and she said, there's absolutely no way we're doing this. We're, you listen to this stuff on the radio all the time, and um, it, you've never been successful at it. So. I'm not going to go. I said, well, give me two days. This could be two days. I promise you I'll never ask to do anything else again. And that's that's how it took off. And then Madeline, of course, jumped in front and just led the way. Madeline the naysayer. What happened? <laughs> well, I, I came to the two-day because he said, you know, we have to do it together because they had stressed, you know, really husband and wife should go to the two-day together so they're all on the same page. And I sat through the first hour with my arms crossed. I could look at my book of notes, and there are no notes for the first hour. <laughs> and then as we got into it, by the end of the first day, I was like, we can do this. It was It's about single family. And I'm like, we can do this. We can buy single family and knock it out of the park. By the time it got to the second day, I'm like, where do we sign up? And we are buying apartments. That's what we're doing. We're going to invest in apartments, buy apartments. 
and we're off and running. What turned it in your mind? What really turned it all in my mind was the way you broke it down, uh, the return on our equity. What was our equity doing in our life? And then another point was that uh, anyone could own and invest in apartment complexes. Anyone could. And we, we sat around and we met some people and then we realized that, you know, this was the way to go. We, we, and, it, and it's been super successful. We've probably tripled our net worth since joining Lifestyle. Yeah, it's interesting that um, you guys came in and I'm glad that you did. Uh, but I'm even more glad that you were able to be very successful at it because uh, you've been quite the uh, ambassador for the program ever since then. Let's talk for a second here. Um, when you came out of the two day. So that because, you know, a lot of people know who you are and a lot of people don't know who you are. They're listening. When you came out of the two day, what was the plan? Well, the two day was just to learn as much as we can. Like that, but the two day, they tell you to get on these courses and learn all the courses. And uh, that's what we did. We walked around this house in the car on drives. Anything we were doing, we had our earbuds in, listening to courses and then uh, working our way through it. And, of course, going into the meetings, which was terrific because the people were so nice and giving. Um it just seemed like a natural fit for us just to move forward and start investing. We were going to invest in single family. And then they took a look at us and said, no, you guys need to jump right into multifamily. And that's what we did. And it's such a fantastic networking group that we just literally said, we are going to immerse ourselves with these people that know what they're doing. And we looked around, there were very successful people that had uh, left the corporate world to either buy apartments or invest in apartments. And I said, well, I'm going to soak up the knowledge from these people. Everyone has something to give, and we're going to, we're going to learn this from the ground up, and we're going to move forward. What, what went through your head? You weren't afraid to take on this business? I mean, I know, Frank, you've got a lot of personal business experience. Madeline, you did it. Tell us about it. Yes, when we found the particular property, it was 123 units here in Houston, and we were still working. So we hired a third-party management company to manage it, and then we – where the, we managed the management company. And we, like I said, we just surrounded ourselves with people who knew the industry and soaked up the knowledge. And it was, we bought it as a yield place. So we, we liquidated our annuity and our 401ks and all of our stock portfolio. And we put the chips in the middle of the table and bought the property. And then there was no opportunity for failure. There was no, failure was not an option. And so we ran that property. And you wanna make any comments, Frank? Yeah, it was just, we, we got the property, like Madeline said, we had got, been going to the meetings, and we put the word out immediately that we, we wanted to buy a property. And one of the members stepped up and said, hey, I have an outlying property that uh, I can talk to my members about, my partners about, and uh, see if they want to sell it. And sure enough, he came back to us and said, hey, we're, we're willing to sell it. Here's the number. And, you know, what was nice about this whole thing, he, they opened up their books to us about this is what the property is doing, this, you know, uh, how many people there. They had rent rolls. They had everything we needed. So they walked us through the process. And showed us that there was that money could be made in this thing, and uh, as a yield play, uh, so we went ahead and bought it. It was uh, just very, very exciting. I remember going to the property for the first time to look at it, and we drove around thinking we could really own this. We never dreamt we can own you know eight buildings, 123 units uh, in, over there in uh, Central City. So it was it was fabulous, and the, and the mentors were with us every step of the way, which was made it really comfortable. We didn't hesitate. We bought it, and then. Had the management company come on board, and of course, then Madeline worked very closely with the management company to make sure it was going the way it should be going. 
And the nice thing about it is Lifestyles held our hand the whole way. So we had our operations consultant come and do due diligence with us, and we had the mentors there to ask questions and run questions by. So it was a very seamless process. Yeah. And the and the the uh, buyers that we used, you know, the finance people and construction people, anything at all that needs to be done, uh, Lifestyles had had handpicked people that we can go to, and when they, when we did, they they performed exactly like they said they were going to do. So everything worked out so so much easier than uh, than I thought. You know, uh, people have always questioned, were you scared? I don't think we were ever scared because we couldn't make a mistake. As you went through this. What types of things did you do to change the property? Because I know you sold it for a lot more than what you paid for it. Uh, what were the, the things you did, and what surprises did you run into? So we originally bought this as a yield play, and so it was already spitting out cash. It was cash flowing from the very beginning. And what we did was we just tweaked some things. So we improved the landscape. We went in, and we did a water conservation, and we cut the water bill um, by about $3,000 a month, which was really fantastic. And then we instituted some ratio utility billing, which is where you bill back the utilities to the residents. And then we also, a portion of our property, we did an all bills paid portion for some people who didn't want to put deposits down for their utilities. And we just raised rent. So we started off and we rehabbed some units and we kind of upgraded them. And then we realized that uh, our leasing agent was charging the same price for the unrenovated units as the renovated units and getting it. (laughs) So we promptly stopped renovating and did minor little pay touch-ups and things and wound up getting a price, uh, a higher rent for those. And so, yes, we wound up, we bought the property for 55 a door and sold it for 75 a door. You know, it's interesting. I've run into that myself in the past. I've told the story. It's one of my favorite stories to tell about how you you start, you go in with all this exuberance that you're going to renovate everything and make it nice. And then all of a sudden you find out that even the unrenovated units are starting to go up in value because there's a feeling about an apartment complex. Is it owned and operated by competent, caring owners or is it a slumlord? And when tenants feel that difference, the value goes up to them. The value of living there goes up and the rents go up. And sure, you go in there and you, want, you think they really care, uh, you know, about the difference in the floor tiles compared to the color or the shape or, you know, the, the backsplash. Mm-hmm. And you really believe all that stuff's important. Really what they care about is clean and functional. And right. when you become that person that creates and demands clean and functional housing for people, uh, the value goes up. So you guys saw quite a bit of an increase if you went up that much in value. Um, anything surprise you about the place? Well, it's always a surprise with people. People are a surprise. So, uh, of course, we had some residents that uh, one of them was an 85-year-old uh, lady who was selling drugs on the property and had her 60-year-old daughter running the property, running the drugs to the cars. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. And... Uh, but, but all hoarder. in all, yes, there was a hoarder and who kept bringing cake to the uh, front, the uh, leasing agent, because I think he had a crush on the front office. So he kept bringing food to them and there was no chance that they were going to eat that food. And um, <laughs> so, so, but but all in all, it was uh, not not, you know, people are, are people. And, and as long as you take care of the environment that they're in, and I'm sure no one was happy having um, some of these people there. But but if you take care of people, they will respect the property that you live in and also take care of it. 
Yeah, the entertainment value alone in this business was always something I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> I remember going over to your place and seeing the hoarder and, and seeing mm-hmm. the, the drug dealer. It's funny, I had in my senior's place, I had the same thing. I had a had a 70-year-old guy, and he had his 50-year-old son doing the running. So you had the female mm-hmm. version, I had the male version. <laughs> yes. But there always seems yes. to be that, that guy that's been a, you know, they call them OGs. You know, the, uh, <laughs> they've been around forever, man. I've <laughs> been selling drugs mm-hmm. since I was 20 years old. Now I'm 70, so... It's interesting. I think but that was, I think that was the biggest surprise to me was seeing how some of these people actually lived, and uh, and we were just trying to help them live in a nicer place, uh, and they appreciated mm-hmm. it. But boy, that we went, mm-hmm. some of the units we went into were thinking, "There's no way people live like this," but they do, mm-hmm. and you just got to mm-hmm. clean it up. Yeah, that's one of the mistakes a lot of people make in life is that they think, okay, everybody wants to live just like I do. And it's not really the case. They don't want to live mm-hmm. the way you do, and they don't want to work as hard as you work to have what you have, which is, in my business, trying to help people very hard to take. You know, I'm thinking, why don't you want me to help you? And they're going, I just do not care. So we'll take a short break. We'll be right back with Frank and Madeline and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. What does Del Wamsley, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, think you need to succeed in this market? It's time to buy, and so you better get prepared. You better get educated. You better get your money right. You need to get involved because you're going to need the financing. You're going to need the vendors that we have available to us. You're just going to need the interaction with people. You need to immerse yourself into real estate. Start your real estate immersion with a free workshop live online at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Madeline Prejean and Frank Mozzarello. Guys, as we uh, come back from break here, what I'd like to get into is why did you decide to get out of the IRO business? You sold the property. Um, we'll talk about how much money you made on the deal. Uh, why did you decide to get out? Well, uh, someone offered us a good price, and I thought, oh, I'm not greedy. So it was a fair price, and we decided well, along the way when we had our IRO deal, we invested passively, which means we invested with other people who had deals. And so along the way, we would probably invest in about 30 deals a year. And so we needed, not to get too complicated, but we invested passively because we wanted the depreciation losses to go against the gains when we sold our property. And so since uh, owning our property, we've invested in about 125 deals in seven different states. And we have probably 70 active deals. So many have sold. So we probably have 70 active deals right now. And it just, it's, it's, I enjoy passively investing because someone else does the work. 
And I'm not saying I'll never do another IRO deal. I may do one in the future. But right now, I, I really, and Frank and I both, enjoy passively investing with other, de- other leads. Yeah, it's yes. been a fun experience. I mean, going to the meeting and meeting all the different uh, syndicators or leads, what we call them leads, has been uh, just as much fun as you can imagine. I, I call it a, a social club that likes to make money. Everybody, everybody's helping everybody, and it worked out really, really well. And once you get load, loaded up into passive deals, it's hard to not keep doing them because it's so easy and so rewarding. So uh, you guys became what we consider here at Lifestyles a super passive. Madeline, how do you define super passive now that you're the passive mentor for us? How do you define it? I think a super passive is just someone who's invested in quite a few deals. And so they have the experience over time of looking at different uh, deals, markets, leads, returns. And um, they're, they're pretty connected as far as uh, the different leads that they know. So I would consider a super passive just someone who invests in many deals and has a good handle and knowledge of, uh, of deals, returns. So let's talk about the spectrum here for a second. Uh, you being on the top of the spectrum and the super leads, or super passives, I'm sorry, where you guys have a good chunk of money from your successful businesses and, and lifestyle, you guys go out there and you, you're putting chunks of money in multiple different businesses that these other members, uh, syndicators, and we call them lead investors and lifestyles that are certified to do it here. Um, you're putting money in these deals and spreading your money out. I'm going to come back to your plan on that for a second. I also want to, though, move all the way over to the other side. People come in here and buy into these passive deals with very small amounts of money, right? I've seen $10,000, $25,000. Um, is it not that full spectrum there? Yes, there are people that invest with as little as $10,000 and there are people who have $800,000 in a deal. It's, it's meeting you where you are and what your bucket of money is to invest. And there is a deal for everyone. Well, let's talk then, let's go back to your situation. Uh, because you are now, and I'm, I'm very happy you came on board as the passive mentor, um, what was your plan when you started on how you picked your deals and how much you put into each deal? Let's let's hear the theories that you had at that time, and then let's morph those, if we can, into what you see and think now. Madeline, don't you think uh, we, we Madeline, don't you think we initially went into the passive deals because we were trying to offset the taxes from the gains we had? And, and it just kind of snowballed into this continuing to go, go into deals. But the orig, original, originally, we wanted to try to offset our taxes with the depreciation on these properties, and it's worked out perfect. And then, of course, uh, Madeline will go ahead and tell you the, the rest of the story on that. But that's the, initially why we bought into so many passive deals. And the return yes, I, have to be, I have to be honest. When we first started investing, most of the deals that came across my desk, we invested in because I was, uh, we were interested in the depreciation losses. Yeah. As time went on, I became a little more discerning or started looking at things a little bit differently. So I always put it in three buckets when I look at a deal. So I look at the deal itself and the returns. I look at the lead and the competency or expectation that I have of that lead. And then I look at the market. And combining all those things together uh, when you look at a deal is, is in my opinion, very important. So uh, do you have a distribution 
theory on how people should distribute their money between deals? I, I do. I believe that whatever your bucket of money is, you you are now you have a new job as a passive investor. You are a money manager and you're a manager of your own money. And so you have to spread the risk around different uh, markets, different leads, different deals, obviously, and different and even different amounts. You know, if somebody comes with a bucket of money, just make sure it is diversified. So let's talk. Everybody asks me, why don't you ever talk about the bad stuff? You always talk about the good stuff. So let's talk about a little bad stuff here for a second. In the last year and a half to two years, what I found was is that, well, it didn't start a year and a half to two years ago. It started a long time ago. People get excited about buying these passive deals. And I found, and I'm going to ask you if you feel the same way, that people get so excited about it that they're more worried about getting their money invested than they are about looking deeply into what's going on in the deal. How do you feel about that statement? That is true. So I think that when I I get calls all the time about people who are, I have this bucket of money and I can't wait. I want to get into deals before the end of the year. And I have to tell them, slow down. The whole thing we do in Lifestyles is education. What we want is you to be educated so you can make the appropriate decision for yourself. Everyone is investing in a different type of deal, but it has to match your your uh, goals. And so everyone looks at things differently. There's some investors that invest because um, they want the losses. They, they may have properties that they sold and they want the depreciation losses. Others are looking for cash flow immediately, which might be a yield play. And others are looking for equity capture down the road, gains on properties. And so I tell them, no matter which which one of those you are, make sure that you have a strong basis of education through Lifestyles. We have our own underwriting tool here at Lifestyles. There's several courses on it. Make sure you un- watch those courses several times. You will get a tidbit from each time you watch it. But make sure that you are educated. Do not be in a rush to get into a bad deal. Uh, since uh, over the last year, year and a half or so, some people, exuberant leads that wanted to get deals done, uh, followed by exuberant passives that were willing to just throw their money in with the deals without really looking at what was going on and listening to what I was saying. They did some deals that they're not happy with, okay? So people ask me, why don't you tell everybody the bad? Well, there's the bad. Now, here's the problem with that. The problem with that is right now the market's incredible. And I'm going to share this with you guys because you don't even know this, even though, you know, I talk to you all the time. I haven't told you this. I got into three deals, had letters of intent to buy three deals, and they were really good deals. Unfortunately, while I was in in letter of intent getting into the waiting for the attorneys to write the contracts, um, I found three more deals that were even better. And so I dropped the three deals I had and bought the three other ones, and they were even better. And while I'm in these three, I'm in contract on these three right now, I found two more yesterday that were even better. And I'm like, you know, I've got guys from San Antonio calling me, guys from uh, all over the country calling me, and they're just saying, man, what about this? What about this? What about this? It's unbelievable out there right now. The deals are phenomenal again, and they're getting better. That's the point, like I said. You know, two months ago, I had these three deals that I was after I was in contract for. I dropped those three and picked up three more, and now I've got two more. And I don't, I'm not going to drop these three because they're really good, and I've got enough money to do more. But how do we get the passives to, to see that this has changed? Because I know that the, um, the aspiring leads already know. I mean, we're already working with them 
and getting them hot on the trail of these deals. How do we get the passive to understand that it really has changed? you have any ideas on that? So I think they're going to see uh, – it, it boils down to the returns. They're going to see these returns that look exceptional, whereas before they were maybe a little bit thin in the last few years. They're going to see these exceptional deals. You did a very good job a few weeks ago of giving the roadmap to the leads of what, what they should be looking for in a deal and the underwriting process of those deals. And so I think the passives are going to take a look at, at the, like people have said, what was the best time to buy real estate in 2008 or 20 years ago? Now is the second best time to buy real estate right now because we're seeing deals come through that are heavily discounted. They will get under contract and then do their due diligence and renegotiate. I, I saw one deal a million and a half off the price that they had agreed to three weeks before. And yes. so we are going to see deals that are out there that are really going to be exceptional returns. You're right. The retrading is rampant out there right now. You know, even though you get a price that's lower than they even wanted to give you, right up front, you're getting a better deal. You get in there and you retrade it again. And that's an amazing thing uh, from that point of view. As we, as we look at this situation right now and we think about it, we're back to what I consider normal real estate. Okay, Mm -hmm. I don't think this is even the gully. We haven't gone down to the 2008 level, not yet, but we are back to normal real estate again. So let's talk about back when you first came in, normal real estate. It wasn't the super high prices that we had last year or the year before, year and a half or whatever. And it wasn't the super low prices that I got in 2008. What kinds of returns were you getting uh, from your passive portfolio back then for its cash flow? And as far as capital gains, let's just sort of retread that tire because that's where I think we're back to right now. I don't think we're all the way back to the 2008. I think we might get there, but don't know. You know, I never want to overprescribe. But what do you, what would you say those gains were when you first came in as a passive? I think when we first got in, uh, it was normal to have a seven or eight percent cash on cash, meaning your distributions yearly on your investment. Most of the deals, most of them cash flowed from the very beginning. And so they were not deep value plays. Most of the ones that we got into did cash flow from the beginning. And we looked at also at the average annual returns were probably, I, I think I did my calculation, my average annual returns were 28%. So we looked at things that were doubling our money in four years. So was that using the internal rate of return type number? In other words, you took the capital gains, added it back to the cash flows, and came up with the, the total return? And divided that- by the number of years, correct. Right. IRR kind of takes into the time value of money. I prefer just a simple calculation of my capital gains plus the cash on cash divided by the number of years we held the property to get a, just gotcha. a simple return. All right. Uh, did you have any knock it out of the park passive deals? I remember a lot of deals back then. People oh. were selling them, and people were getting a hundred percent return on their passive deal, which uh, is interesting. And uh, I'm gonna have you answer that question before I want to tell you. I got an email yesterday. I did on online. The guy said he's a syndicator outside of lifestyles. He's mm-hmm. not a syndicator. I'm sorry. He's a passive outside of lifestyles, and he said. I don't understand how anybody ever retired on these passive deals. And, you know, it seems like the leads or what they call the syndicators get all the money. Do I have to become a syndicator to make any money in real estate? And I said, no, we have tons of people that retired on the passive deals. So tell us about the, the, the upsides when the market's great. 
Oh, I think, oh, I had a deal that sold during COVID and delivered a 334% return. And so you, you're going to have some deals that are going to deliver just average returns, and then you're going to have some starships that really knock it out of the park. And as long as you're redeploying that money and putting it into deals, your cash on cash, your distributions every year, you can absolutely retire on that. We live off of our cash on cash returns. Well, that's what we needed to hear. And I'm really glad that you guys are back in the market again with me. I'm out there pulling as hard as I can to get people to get in this stuff. Thank you for coming on today. And thank you for being a passive mentor, Frank. Good to have you back with us. And for the rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.